This is a glorious thing. I'm full of joy being here this morning. I'm thankful that we are here together. I'm thankful that we are united as a family, right? If we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we're brothers and sisters, right? Amen, right? Can we say amen? That's what I'm talking about. This is a good thing. So I'm just sitting over there. I'm talking with the kids, and they're being funny. Uh, man, watching Evie shush people. That was hilarious. I'm just full of joy this morning because our Savior lives. He does. He lives. He's alive. So in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of pain, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of unknown, we have a God who is able to be known. One that we can rest in, one that we can have hope in. This week we had something called Stowe Mission Week here at the mission, and I was here every day for an extended amount of time. But when you're here doing stuff like cleaning and organizing volunteers, you're also here in the streets and you see what's going on day in and day out. And if any of you are familiar what happens in our neighborhood, you know the tragedy that sin does to a community. We know the heartbreak that sin causes to a community. So why am I talking about this is because we are leaning into the Psalms here for about five weeks. Five weeks, we're going to take a pause from the Gospel of John, and we're going to be in the Psalms. And we're going to jump back into the Gospel of John, and we'll be in John 17, and it's where Jesus does his longest prayer, where Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, prays to the Father for his Self and what's happening in his people in the future church. Praise for you who's here today. So we're going to look at prayer because we need it. We need to know how to pray. We need to know how to praise. We need to know how to talk to God. And the place to do that is the Psalms. The book of Psalms is a Jewish prayer book. It's a collection of 150 poems or prayers, and they express a wide variety of emotions. And that's one thing I love about the Bible, that it doesn't shy away from emotions. You know, it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay. Those feelings in the Psalms our love, and we see adoration for God. We see sorrow over sin. We see confession over sin. We see heartbreak. We see dependence on God in desperate circumstances. We see wrestling with fear. We see with wrestling with trust, trying to walk with God, even though we can't see the next step. Thankfulness that God is providing in the current step. Needless to say, the Psalms show us a wide variety of emotions. How many need to hear that today? Have you ever felt heartbreak? Have you ever felt sorrow over your sin? Have you ever tried to walk with God and don't know where he's taking you and you have fear of the next step? Well, that is not uncommon in the Psalms. What a glorious thing that is. 
The human condition is not one that can be easily summed up. We do not, as much as we wish it was the case, live in a hashtag society where everything can be summed up in 140 characters. Life is too complicated to sum up quickly. So over the next five weeks, we're going to highlight various psalms that help us learn to pray. Right? So I know that this isn't the only way to pray, but if you look on the back of your guide that has tools for the body and you have the acts prayer, you have adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. We will look at what adoration means. And adoration, by definition, is a deep love or respect. And we will see how the Psalms highlights that. We'll see in Psalm 103 where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from a pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like eagle's wings. This is how we learn to have adoration from the biblical language. We don't have to just make it up. We can see how we can have adorations. Well, what about confession? What does it say in Psalm 51 when David cries out, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Are we confessing like that? Do we have a heart that breaks over our treasonous actions. But what about thanksgiving? In Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will be continually on my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And finally, we learn how to ask for things or supplication. From Psalm 86, he says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. The key to what we should be asking for in prayer is found in those verses. <clears throat> Can we be taught the way of the Lord? Can we be taught the paths that we need to take? And can I walk in actual truth and unite my heart to fear your name? We can fear men. We can fear other things. But do we have that fear of the Lord, that reverence of God? So with your pen, I want you to write these psalms down so we can be reading them and studying them. You have Psalm 103, Psalm 51. Psalm 34, Psalm 86. I'm going to say that again if you didn't get it. Psalm 103, Psalm 51, Psalm 34, Psalm 86. Read, pray, listen, and obey. Let's do this. Let's spend the next five weeks. Let's chew on this. Because blessed is the man who meditates on the law, day and night.
Guys, broken record, I know. But we become what we behold. What we look at is what we will become like. So with that understanding, what are we beholding? The groundwork is going to be laid in the first psalm. <clears throat> we're going to be in psalm number one today. We're going to read the whole psalm, and then we're going to chew on this, meditate on this, hopefully take some stuff away today. All right, psalm one. Before I even get started, we're going to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for these men and women. Thank you for our brothers and sisters around this room. I pray that we would lift your hands up, and I pray that we would trust in you and hope in you, that we would have our faith in you, that if we haven't trusted in you, we would trust in you with our whole heart, because the brokenness that we see in our city and in our nation can only be mended by the blood of Jesus Christ and a people who are purchased to go out to the highways and byways, sharing the good news of the gospel. We cannot stand idly by. We cannot stand on the sideline. Teach us how to engage with the community around us and love those around us wholeheartedly, not halfway. You have loved us so much that you died on the cross and raised from the dead, and for that we thank you. Be with this sermon today. Transform our hearts and renew our minds because you are worthy and you are worth it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> I love that. This is why I love having children in the service. The fact that she just raises her hand and says amen and is engaging with the body like this. This is amazing. This is what we want to see. Right? This is what... We want to be about here. So Psalm 1, verse 1, it said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree who is planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither. In all he does he prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Solder opens up. You have 150 of them. David wrote a lot of them. You have some written by Moses, Solomon. But the Psalter opens up. And a fundamental question that we all, I think, deep down want answered, and a fundamental question that we are faced with in our day-to-day -day life, what is the secret to a happy life? What makes a blessed life? How do you become blessed? Realistically, we've all probably had that question. How can I be fulfilled? What is the meaning of this? What are we doing? What is truly at the deepest level will make you a happy person? What is it? What is it? I find it comforting and encouraging that the Bible wants to address the blessed life. We've seen in the Gospel of John and we've seen in his letters 
that God cares about our joy. John 15, 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. 1 John 1, 4 says, We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So the psalmist lays down the path for a joyful life. How to properly pursue happiness. The wicked ways may seem happy at the moment. And I just want to make this clear because you might think that wickedness is only uh, murder. Right? Or adultery. Like those are wicked things. Apart from Christ, every action is wicked. Apart from faith, we are still standing condemned. We have to know that. Because I don't want us to have this mental separation where it's like, well, he is not talking about me because I'm not that bad. No, we already stand condemned. We can't hold up to our own, right, our own moral standards. If I mentally think lying's bad, I've lied, I've broke my own moral code. Not even God's moral code, I've broke my own moral code. So that's what we're talking about here. The wicked people may seem happy in the moment, but it will not last. Pay attention here, right? Verse 1, it says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Blessedness, or true happiness, is not found in practicing the things of the world. So do you see the slippery slope that has been laid out in the pathway of sin? The progression here is he walks, then he stands, and then he sits. This is the progression that we see of sin. That the fallen nature has a progression of sin. That bad becomes worse. I've talked about this in the past, but the reality of the human condition is we become what we behold. And we, what we look at, we become like. So the downward spiral of these three descriptions of fallen humanity... Know that sin is susceptible in stages. First the man walks, then he stands, and then he sits down. First he is influenced by sinners, then he identifies with them, and then he initiates sin in his own life. This is how it works. That's why the psalmist is laying down the groundwork for what to be on guard for. The psalmist is teaching us the true path of joy. Sin will take you from bad to worse. Those things that are in the dark, those things that you are hiding because you are full of shame and you are afraid to get out, those things will become worse. Mold grows in darkness, but in the light, it will die. Okay? And I am a sinner, saved by grace. Not in the business of trying to be holier than thou. I'm in the business of pointing to a Savior who is holier than anything. We get his resume. We get his spirit. We are covered by his blood. God sees his son when we pray, if we're praying in faith. God saw me when he crushed his son. 
My sin is paid for in Christ. Right? Know that first you will be influenced. As sinning, first you will be influenced. You will start listening to what the wicked says. You will listen to sinners. You'll be like them. You'll meditate on sin. You'll chew on it over and over in your mind. You'll daydream about it. You'll begin walking in the counsel of the wicked. It will happen. Next, you'll identify with sinners. When it says stand in the way of sinners, you know what that means? That means you stop and you take your stand with them. You say that this is where I am hitching my wagon to. The word way here refers to the path you follow through life. That's why when you see in the first century, Christianity was called the way, right? So the way of sinners is the worldly lifestyle. We do not identify with that way, but the way, okay? So their sinful lifestyle will become your lifestyle. What they do, you will do without taking any consideration of it if you should do it. You become what you behold. And this can happen so quick for me, man. If I listen to some podcasts or watch some movies that, you know what, I shouldn't be watching. They don't really build me up. They actually tear me down. If I start watching those things, things just come into my mind that I don't need to be there. They don't do anything for me. And it's not because I'm being overly legalistic. It's because <clears throat> when I fill my mind with that, that is what is in there. And we know this because it's just like food. Right? Whatever I'm digesting, my body will use for fuel. Whatever I take in, my body uses. Same thing with movie and entertainment. Whatever I take in, my soul will be affected. It's spiritually fueling our souls because we become like what we behold what we fixate on we become like and then one step further you will sit in the seat of scoffers scoffer is someone who jeers or mocks or treats something with contempt or ridicules and I have been guilty of being a scoffer I do not want to be a scoffer how easily can we hear a bad thing about someone and you just take it for fact? That a scoffer is just ripping into that person. You go along with it and you say, yeah, they said it. It's probably true. That's probably who that person is. Well, if you listen to scoffers long enough, you will walk in their counsel. You'll take a stand with them and you become like them. And you will scoff. You will tear down. You will destroy But this is no way of the blessed person. The blessed person, we see two things. They delight in the laws of the Lord, and on the law they meditate day and night. What we behold, we become. What we focus in on, we become like. Scripture saturation is a command, man. We have to be reading the Word of God. We have to know Him. We have to spend time with Him. We have to love His Word. Many of us are like, man, I keep doing this, I keep doing that. or, And I'm not even talking about just doing. I'm talking about like living that fulfilled, true Christian life. But I'm just saying, start with reading the Bible. We can talk about all this stuff. We can talk about doing X, Y, and Z. Be in the Word of God till the Word of God gets in you. I'm telling you, it will change you. It will transform you. 
So often we want these amazing accolades and things to do, but we can't do the simple stuff. Start with the basics. Start with the fundamentals. I enjoy watching boxing and UFC, right? These guys are amazing athletes. They can do amazing maneuvers, but they have to start with the fundamentals. How do you stand? How do you jab? The fundamentals are everything. So often we want to go 30 years down the road and we haven't spent five minutes in prayer daily. We can't do it. Let that not be said of us. If there is only thing you learn here at your time in salt and light, know to be a prayerful people and be scripture saturated. Be in the Bible and be on your knees. If those two things happen, I Believe that we will see a transformed city, transformed people, transformed families. It's not complicated. I didn't say it was easy. But it's not complicated. So we see two things here. One is his delight. What do we delight in? It's an honest question. What do we delight in? Some, it might be vacation. Some might be experiencing something new. Some people, it might be great food. Some people, it might be being around good friends. These are not bad things. But delight itself means a high de degree of pleasure. So what do we take a high degree of pleasure in? Because a truly happy man, a truly blessed man, delights or finds pleasures in the law of the Lord. And the law is the instruction of God. It's his revelation. So why would he find delight in this? The God of the universe has made himself known. Know that. And it's not to just stay away from bad things. Right? I always get a little disheartened when it comes to people and they're sitting down and they think that the Bible is just a rule book of rules to be followed. But it's far more than that. It's the beautiful revelation of God and flesh. It's the beautiful revelation that God has came to meet his people. A room full of heartache and, and brokenness and, and, and sadness and, and misplaced hope. And a God who knows that can enter into that to fall. Like that's a beautiful thing. Far more beautiful than just having an owner's manual that tells me when to change my oil. No, it, it is about God revealing himself to his people. God himself, over the course of human history, can be known. And this should lead us to faith and lead us to trust. This is why a blessed man meditates on this day and night. Because when we're chewing on and meditating on the word of God, you can live life in a way that is joy-filled. A life that is consistent. A life that has stability. A life that has a firm foundation. Jesus' ways lead to life. And it's the true way we should live. Like we know this world is chaotic. It seems like every day there's another shooting. Seems like every day there's another issue of anything. And not even just in the nation. This happens right here in our town. People hurt and broken. Can we as a people enter in Blessed are the peacemakers. Know that. 
We have to be peacemakers, church. Stop trying to be right. Stop trying to justify political opinions and start focusing on Jesus Christ. I don't care who was at fault or what happened. People died and they need to be able to be entered into with mercy and grace. Stop trying to be right and focus on being righteous. Have anger at injustice. Have hope of Christ. Enter into the pain of people. You don't have to be right. You don't have to have the words to say, we are to be peacemakers. I know this world is chaotic. Not only with shootings, the opioid epidemic is getting out of control. How often do we have to Narcan people on our property? People on the verge of death, trying to find hope in things that do not last. So how can we expect to find joy in chaos when we're dealing with these things? We have to be meditating on the Word of God. We have to. There is no option. Because when we meditate on the Word of God, we become acquainted with the voice of God. Then the reality of verses like Romans 8, 28, that... We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Do we believe that? Do we have hope in that? That can be a comfort to our soul. And once again in Romans it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Do we believe that? Church, do we believe that? Or do we think that Politicians will be able to separate us from the love of Christ. Do we believe that these shortcomings that we fall into will separate us from the love of Christ? If we are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ and we have hope in him and trust in him, you are secure. You have hope. Repent from your sins and keep moving forward because you are a blood-bought son if you trust in Jesus Christ. These verses we can chew on, we can meditate on, we can allow us to keep going. These verses give me strength. They give me stability. Here's the reality, though. This psalm can be summed up in Proverbs 14, 12 by saying, the way seems right to a man but in its end, it leads to death. I don't disagree. A lot of you in here are smart. You probably think you have it all figured out. Jesus is showing us the path to life and true happiness. Stop bucking the system and trying to earn it on your own merits. Stop. Bless life. There is a path of wickedness and righteousness. There is a path of worldliness and there is a path to wholeness. There is a path that leads to hurt and there is a path that leads to happiness and there is a path of chaos, but there is the path 
of Christ. Jesus is the ultimate example of the Psalms one man. An Old Testament scholar named Wilhelm Van German said this, that this verse requires complete obedience. A blessed man who has never sinned. So when it says, the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, that man has never done nor never will do that. This godly man will never have been involved with anything that's evil. So the blessings or the happiness that we will see in Psalm 1, that man has always been separated from sin. Who can live up to that standard? I have fallen short from that standard. I'm pretty sure everyone in this room has. So is the author tempting us with something that we will never be able to obtain? Is he telling us this is the standard, but you'll never be able to get there? In fact, there's only one man in history who lives out this reality in Psalm 1, and that was Jesus Christ. And Augustine said, from Adam onward, no other man has lived up to Psalm 1-1 except Jesus Christ. Jesus himself is the one who has been unstained from sin. So for us to enter into the blessing of the Psalm 1, we must be in Christ. So when we trust in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we become more like him. This is the process known as progressive sanctification. Sanctification, fancy word for becoming more like Jesus. But we see in the first verses progressive damnation. That's what we see. First, you will be influenced. You'll start listening to what the wicked says. And as you listen to sinners, you will become like them. As you meditate on sin, you will chew over it in your mind. You will daydream about it. And you'll begin walking in the counsel of the wicked. But with Jesus, you turn from a sinner to a saint. First, with Jesus, you will be influenced by the Spirit. You'll be listening to what the Spirit says. You'll begin to listening what the Spirit says. And you will become more like Jesus. As you meditate on the Word of God and chew on it, you will become a part of the congregation of the righteous. Together in the family of God, we are being made into a living temple. So the way of the righteous is only through Christ. The way of the wicked is easy. The way of the wicked is easy and it will always lead to death. The wicked and the righteous are on two paths. Those paths can be like trees or chaff. Verse 3, 4, 5, and 6 says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in his season as its leaf does not wither. All that he does he prospers, but the wicked are not so. For they are like chaff, and the wind drives them away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, and the way of the wicked shall perish. My poor baby. We cannot move away from this text without seeing the relationship between that tree and the vine of John 15. Plugged in, filled out, fruit producing. They are together, inseparable. Know this. We are like the tree. Hear this and have hope in this. 
and then we will close, okay? Have hope in this. We are like the tree. And picture the old tree sitting next to a bank of a river or a creek. The river may rise, the river may fall, but it doesn't matter because it's close to the source of life, the water. The living water that we see is Jesus Christ. And it will not die due to lack of nutrients because he is so close to the source of life. You will not die. We need to be meditating. Know that your leaves will not wither. You will not die. All that feeding, all those nutrients, those roots will grow deep down. They will get thicker and bigger and they will anchor us deeply. Life may blow us and batter us. Life might be challenging. Life might be hard. Life might be full of heartbreak and uncertainties. But our roots will go deep because of Christ, the blessed person, stands strong. His roots have helped us and we have become developed and strengthened due to our proximity to the source of life. Verse 6 says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. We become like what we behold, church. Please let us behold Jesus Christ. Let us focus in on him. Let us be close to him. Let us be full of him. Let us have our roots grow deep. Let us have our roots go strong because storms will come. They will batter us and we can be left like chaff. And if you don't know what chaff is, it's kernels, that, the part of the kernel that comes and goes off. If any of you have a farming background, I've parked underneath granaries and it fills your car up there. And you can do this, and they can just blow away. There is no stability in the life of wickedness. There is no hope in the life of wickedness. You will float and flutter around in life, and it, you will eventually be burned up. I say these things not to instill fear, but because we do have a king who wants to be known. And he is showing us and letting us know the path to true life. What type of fool would I be if I would not talk to you about this? I want us to close in prayer and we will take communion. But guys, thank you. Let us be full of his spirit, his nutrients, standing firm. Let us be praying the Psalms and reading the Psalms and meditating on them these coming weeks. Father, thank you for the men and women in this room. Thank you for the brothers and sisters who I get to call friends. If anybody in this room has not given their life to Jesus Christ, I pray that they would repent and trust in him because once we trust in him, that is it. You have paid the price. Allow us to have trust and hope and faith in you. Father, you're in the act of redeeming and restoring Let us be full of your spirit, full of your hope, full of your understanding. Bless each and every one of these people. Let us focus in on you. Father, let us be compassionate. There is heartbroken, heartbreaking things happening all around us. Let us not be coarse. Let us empathize. Let us lean in. 
and let us listen. Having the ability to be like Christ. Father, we do not have to be right. Teach us how to listen. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.